Hello and welcome to the Robert's Thoughts Movie Cast. My name is Robert Buffard, and today I'm joined once again by my brother Jake. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Uh, anytime. We're here today to talk about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, the newest entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We're just going to give our full thoughts on the movie. We're going to start off spoiler-free, and then we will go into spoiler talk after we are done giving our general thoughts. I will put the time code of when spoilers start in the episode description, and I will give a clear warning before we actually move into it. So if you haven't seen the movie but you want to listen to this, you can listen to however long this is before we start talking about spoilers, and you will know when to turn it off and come back. So yeah, with that, let's just get into it. Talk about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. The first thing that I wanted to say that isn't really about the movie, but I thought there was a colon in this title, but it was actually not. It's just, it's not Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. It's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. That definitely affected my viewing experience in a subtle way. I don't know how, but uh, it did somehow. <laughs> did it Did it hurt the uh, very early English major in you before you switched over? No, it's just, it's not the... It's not that it's wrong, it's just that it changes the context of what happens a bit, I think. A colon in the Multiverse of Madness implies that it's just like the whole story is in the Multiverse of Madness. But without it, it's Doctor Strange is in the Multiverse of Madness. Anyway, it's just a very small thing that I noticed that was messing with my head when I when I saw that. Um, I just what were your thoughts on Doctor Strange, I guess. <laughs> Doctor Strange 2. Oh, yeah. Or... I thought it was the number... WandaVision season finale. <laughs> I thought it was Doctor Strange 3 for a while, and then I was like, I don't know where I've been, apparently under a rock, because he's been in so many movies at this point. It's like, this is Doctor Strange 1.79 with two-thirds percent added on to the end for good measure. <laughs> well, yeah, there's an interesting spot to start, because this is the <laughs> sixth appearance of Doctor Strange in the MCU. I looked it up. He was in his first his first movie, Doctor Strange, two Avengers movies, Infinity War and Endgame. He was in uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. And I think the other one was that uh, there was a post-credit scene in Thor Ragnarok. What was it? Was uh, Bruce Banner like telling Doctor Strange the whole story or something like that? Isn't that Tony Stark telling Bruce Banner the whole story? And why, Doctor Strange is in Thor Ragnarok. Because there's a Thor and Doctor Strange oh, that's, post-credit that's right. scene, and then they just added that post-credit scene to the movie, or took the scene from the movie to make a post-credit scene. Right, because Thor goes to Doctor Strange when Loki says, I've been falling for half an hour! Mm-hmm. And Yeah, you're right. Um, so yeah, those are, those are his six MCU appearances so far. So it does seem, like you said, like there has been more of a Doctor Strange footprint in the in this MCU. And that's kind of the thing, is that a lot of Marvel movies just kind of feel like Avengers 2.3, Avengers 2.4. And this one had the chance to feel like that. But especially for a movie called In the Multiverse of Madness, that was heavily speculated to have a million cameos of different characters from a bunch of different universes. I was very pleased with how much it focused on Doctor Strange and Wanda. It's very much, like I said, like I alluded to, it's almost like a WandaVision 
season finale, but it also Doctor Strange is the main character. Whereas like in Captain America Civil War, it feels like Tony and Steve are both main characters. Yeah, at least in I feel like in in this installment, he was given if you know a super duper tiny simplistic character arc. It focused on him having to change in some certain way to accomplish an end goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas that hasn't necessarily happened with some of the other solo films. So you're right. It, it was m- more of a Doctor Strange film than Avengers 2.9,000. 3,000, yeah. sorry. <laughs> Avengers, I love you, 3,000. Um, so overall, what did you think? Did you like it? Did you dislike it? Did you think it was okay? That's typically your response to movies that they're okay <laughs> i think and again no spoilers yet would it count as a spoiler if i said it i thought it was gory this is kind of off no that's not a spoiler okay i'm, I'm talking about uh plot points yeah i think my my like first impressions coming out of it weren't necessarily that i liked it or disliked it it was wow that was dark that was mm. bloodier and gorier than you might expect from your typical there was certainly the marvel formula ingrained in this movie but there was also an attempt by sam raimi right to Mm -hmm. put horror aspects in this film that i think he really succeeded in and in that respect at least i thought i really enjoyed those aspects of it it was super fun to see different things occur it was like wow that could totally fit in a horror movie and i almost feel like I can immerse myself in that aspect instead of imagining myself in a Marvel movie. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So we alluded to it earlier that, or you alluded to it, that Doctor Strange has some semblance of a character arc. And I think that's the weak part for me Mm -hmm. of this movie where it's like the story is just kind of, you know, video gamey where it's like, get to this place to get this thing and fight these people and then go on to the next place until the movie's over. Um, and that kind of is just like, whatever, but I don't know why I go in with expectations higher than they should be every time. But like every time I watch a Marvel property or, or a Marvel movie, cause I really haven't watched the shows since Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, I'm there thinking like, hopefully this time it's not going to feel exactly like every other Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. And then it always does like even Spider-Man, no way home even though it was so cool with all the different Spider-Mans and the different universes colliding still felt like an MCU movie. This one did at times, Dr. Strange did at times, but you're hundred percent right. Uh, visually, both in terms of just like how it appeared, like how it's colors looked and how shots were framed and just like how the, uh, the action moved and how, how it was edited and there were a lot of like these i'll be honest a little silly looking overlay transitions here and there it was a little weird to me but i really enjoy that it looks like an actual person made the movie and not like a computer making the movie like a lot of these other ones feel like yeah that i think that was one of my critiques with like the most recent spider-man film or really any of the spider-man trilogies is they all felt like Tom Holland is standing in front of a green screen, just jumping up and down. And then they're, you know, using drone footage that looks terrible. 
and I, I definitely yeah. didn't necessarily get it was immersive enough that I wasn't like, yeah, they're probably in some Disney lot in LA standing in front of a green screen. I didn't necessarily think that the whole time. So I, I agree with what you're saying. They probably have a higher budget for a Doctor Strange type of film when it comes to CGI, just due to the nature it's of his effects. character and his exploits. Yeah, there was a one particular shot going around Twitter for a while from Spider-Man No Way Home when flashes on his phone or something like that in the middle of New York City and it's so obvious that it's on a green screen and they had no extras and it's like if you're ever on a New York City street on a sunny day mm-hmm. there's going to be a thousand people all around you but he's completely alone and the compositing was terrible on the green screen so I liked early in this in Doctor Strange there's a fight like a fight with a monster on the street and there's people all, all over the place and i was like right hey this feels like the new york city i've been to you know yeah i didn't because like it's not that hard to put an actor in the middle of a street and shoot him for 30 seconds but it's almost like they can't be bothered to do real world filming again i i will cut them some slack with like the covid stuff but at the same time you can bring like extras on at different times if you're already doing green screen right uh, you know and like if you don't want to contaminate your actors potentially like your big name actors potentially but so my point is that i'm i'm glad that it looked like that in doctor strange mm-hmm. uh it was definitely an improvement over other marvel movies for me yeah what else is there that's that's general um so i didn't give my my overall thoughts uh my briefly but i think you can kind of put it together this is a very much a mixed bag for me mm-hmm. because visually and action wise i think there's a lot to really enjoy here um like you said that it leans into the horror elements and it's about the exact kind of horror that i can typically get into which is pg-13 horror (laughs) because i i don't mind horror movies but sometimes i i just have a weak stomach and if it gets too uh yeah graphic or gory for me then i can't it's not even i don't really enjoy it as much for me, it's not so much the gore so much as just like the slow but creeping feeling of like you're going to turn around and there's something behind you. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what I liked here too is that, as I said earlier, it immerses you enough in the horror aspect that you're like, this is fun creepy. But in the back of your mind, you know you're still in a Marvel movie. So yeah. there, there's not anything really, you know, that's going to draw you out of it. I just kind of had, I think I had fun overall in the movie. It was a fun movie, but I didn't come out of it like that just changed the way that I look at Marvel movies. No. You know, even something like uh, The Winter Soldier did for me, which I will mm-hmm. defend to my death probably. I don't know. Well, that is one of the better ones. That I, I don't have it pulled up right now, but I think that's in my top eight or ten Marvel movies. Now that I'm talking about it, I'm going to put it up, pull it up real quick. Yeah, I have Winter Soldier at number seven out of... I've seen 27 total MCU movies. I haven't watched all of them at this point. Are there really that um, many? Wow. I think, including the shows, they're at 30-something now. And, I don't know, the first... The, my top four Marvel movies, I would say, I, I love. And then, like, five through ten, I think I like a lot so yeah winter soldiers in that solid group but yeah regarding the the horror that you were 
getting into. I never actually felt scared or felt uncomfortable. Right. But at the same time, I never felt bored by it or I never felt that it was bland. You know, it was it was thrilling. Mm-hmm. There's one particular this one we'll get into in spoilers, but there's one particular scene uh, towards the end of the second act that is quite thrilling. Yeah, I'm, I, I would. I feel like I'm probably on the same page with you on that scene. We haven't talked about it, but probably think of the same scene. But I feel like there's not a lot of this movie you can discuss without getting into spoilers. Yeah. So let's see. I'm going to see if there's a couple more general things I, I can say before we move on. Mm-hmm. Um, one is definitely that they lean into this horror or not lean into this horror, but they have this horror, dark, tense feeling that's again, different from other Marvel movies, but it still has that same quippy, silly one liner humor that, that I feel like they've tried to turn every character into Tony Stark. You know, that sense of humor works perfectly for Tony Stark and like a couple other ones, like Spider-Man is always, he's just, Silly, happy-go-lucky, but like, I don't know. It just it bugs me that they all feel like they're written by the same exact people. All the characters' dialogue. Mm. I I think I I see a lot of what you mean, and on a few levels, I probably agree with you. I don't think I'm as turned off by it as you are. Yeah. I wonder, is there? And maybe this can be a question for your audience too, but obviously a lot of people have like the issue with the Marvel formula, but would a, uh, would going away from that formula feel too different and not like a Marvel movie? Or is that what Marvel movies need is to not feel like a Marvel movie? Do you know what I, no. I'm trying to say? Yeah, I know exactly what you're asking. I just want it to feel natural. That's all. Yeah. Because, like I was saying, it works with Tony Stark or Spider-Man or the Guardians of the Galaxy. Or even like when they're doing the entire Thor movie like that, even though it feels completely different than the first two Thor movies. You know, Thor Ragnarok is not at all like the first two. But um, it's just like talking about where Spider-Man, in this one, and Doctor Strange, talking about where Spider-Man's web comes from. It's like, does it come from his butt? I hope not. It's just like, it's not funny to me. Or it's like... When they, when uh, Wong is telling Doctor Strange, choose your words wisely when going to talk to Wanda, he goes, "Oh, so no pressure then." It's like it it feels like humor for the sake of humor and not something that's naturally coming from the character or from the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's my biggest problem because actually, uh, I'm thinking Black Panther is one where it works well. Like, it's not all funny. And the, char- the character of Black Panther is allowed to be stoic and allowed to be his, his own self, um, where Shuri is the, the fun one. And that's the only thing that's funny, you know, what I mean? or not the only thing that's funny, but like that's where most of the comedy comes from. And I think that that type of movie, that kind of setting uh, is more sure of itself and more sure of itself and its characters than uh, how Doctor Strange in this one particular, this one particular feels when it's trying to be funny. That's all I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I understand. Yeah. Here, last, lastly, um, before we move into spoilers, I don't know if the movie's really saying anything. <laughs> like, 
uh, that's my my problem. It doesn't have any central idea. I, I think other than like m- wrapping up Wandavision and setting up whatever comes next. I I I think I can point to two like very vague themes that you get in like the third act, and that's for Doctor Strange. It's you're not always supposed to be the one holding the knife, and for America Chavez, it's believe in yourself. But it took yeah. two hours and six minutes to get there, and not a lot of well written character. To justify that, I think. That's my problem, is that it's all so basic, where it's like, believe in yourself, or you don't have to be the one, let others do things. It's like, it just plays to me like it's a Disney movie that needs to make a billion dollars worldwide, and doesn't need to take any interesting thematic risks. And uh, that's what bugs me. I guess my response to that is, kind of what you mentioned earlier in the beginning, is like, I think you're selling yourself short by going in with these high expectations of Shawshank Redemption yeah. movie in <laughs> in the Doctor Strange film, right? But I I don't know. I, I always find like the, the middle gray ground of like, yeah, it could be better, it could be worse. I was satisfied with how it is, you know. So I, I don't get too disappointed when I'm like, this film didn't change my perspective on morality. Well, I don't want it to like change my perspective, but I want it to at least give me something to think about for a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, like we t- the last movie we talked about was Batman, and it's a it's a Batman movie, and we had things to talk about. It made me think of something. It made me it made me feel something. Uh, I don't. Doctor Strange didn't really do anything like that for me. That's all I'm trying to say. It's like. And enter- being entertained is kind of like the base of what I'm looking for in a movie. Um, and if it's entertaining, it gets a couple stars and I'm like, yay, good, good enough. And then I move on. But mm-hmm. I kind of, I'm always looking for at least like the bare minimum of, of just an idea and not something that is like lip service to an idea. Just because it's an MCU movie, just because it's a Marvel movie doesn't mean you have to like go in and expect less because again talking about some of my favorites like the guardians of the galaxy movies have interesting things to say about family and about valuing yourself and valuing others and not only thinking of yourself first or black panther has ideas about isolationism and all that kind of stuff spider-man even spider-man far from home is about like growing up and accepting responsibility that's what every spider-man movie is about but like at least at least the last two spider-man movies have had interesting things to say about responsibility i just i just want some semblance of just an idea and not just here's the characters and what here's what happens to them and that's all otherwise it could be like a wikipedia entry mm-hmm. what do you think of the score is it memorable because i'm struggling to remember it yeah the score is completely unremarkable to me. I don't know anything. I don't remember anything about it, <laughs> which is kind of disappointing because there's an, there's a fun little harpsichord theme for Dr. Strange. That's been appearing throughout all of his different appearances, especially in his first movie. And it's a lot of fun, but there, it, there's a semblance of that once in this movie. But other than that, it's just like basic action movie music. I think now that I'm thinking of it, 
there the only part that stood out to me is it was like a specific scene with Wanda. It was some sort of techno guitar wizardry that I was like, I could really get behind this, but it lasted for all of 30 seconds and you didn't hear mm. anything like that for the rest of the movie. I was like, now that stood out like that was something. And then they gave up. Yeah. And it, it's fairly disappointing too, because it's Danny Elfman who has done a lot of great scores throughout his life, including the, three original Spider-Man movies with Sam Raimi. Mm-hmm. And I think all three of those have great scores. It's kind of disappointing that there wasn't more, but it, it is what it is. Uh, so yeah, wrapping up our non-spoiler thoughts, the movie overall is fine. <laughs> if you're an MCU fan, you'll probably enjoy it. And even if you're not, you might get at least some enjoyment out of it because I'm selling it short in terms of challenging you and, anyway <laughs> but it because it doesn't but it, it is an entertaining watch like visually it's definitely a treat and i appreciated that mm-hmm. um and i hope that maybe going forward marvel will hire some more seasoned directors like sam raimi because right now they've kind of just been poaching a bunch of tv and indie guys um for a Which while now has its merits in its own right i mean Everybody can yeah, so Kevin Feige can be the director. <laughs> All hail God and King, <laughs> Lord Feige. Like you, you get. I know you don't really pay attention to this as much, but like in Black Panther, you get taste of Ryan Coogler's sensibilities, and in Thor Ragnarok, you get Taika Waititi's writing. Um, but not really since Kenneth Branagh directed Thor have you gotten anything that's like, hey, that stands out as that director's style, like all the way through the movie, because like I said, you get glimpses of it here and there, but then black Panther turns into the CGI battle at the end. And it's like, okay, he lost everything that, that the director was doing. And now there's rhinos and purple mm-hmm. uh, impact stuff, whatever. Anything that you don't want to hear. If you want to go into this movie fresh, we're probably going to say it. Um, so here's your warning going forward. Spoilers, full spoilers. Come back and listen to the second half of this episode. Three, two, one. John Krasinski's in this movie. Woo. You mean a slab uh, of wood? A slab of wood. There's. That's what I want. That's kind of what I want to talk about. Is that I was so worried that this movie was going to be Doctor Strange colon cameos. <laughs> colon Hugh but Jackman that's... makes his return or something like that. Right. But I was very, very pleased with it not being that way. Yeah. Um, the, the cameos fit the story, um, took up five minutes of screen time. And then you're essentially back to the main plot. And it's not even like it was a side quest either. It like showed you how formidable Wanda or Scarlet, Witch is, mm-hmm. um, like it was useful for story building and character building. So like, it really wasn't just cameos for the sake of cameos. So I really appreciated that. And I was glad that, like I said at the top, it's a Doctor Strange movie. There's a couple cameos, but it's not, you know, cameos the movie like a lot of uh, fans wanted it to be. Right. So what did, what did you think of those? Fun to see. My, my theater surprisingly had absolutely no reaction to any of the cameos. 
Oh, really? Yeah. So, I mean, I probably had the biggest reaction and mine was silent. You know, like <laughs> I saw uh, Black Bolt and I was like totally glad that I stayed away from social media. Yeah. Because that was unexpected for me. Did you watch the Inhuman show? No, but Hanson Mount is one of my favorite actors, so I was happy they brought him back. He plays Black Bolt. I haven't seen him in anything else. What has he been in that you like? There's a it's an AMC show. It was called Hell on Wheels. It's about uh, a Civil War soldier following the spread of the Transcontinental Railroad as it went out out west. It was like a six season long show, and he was in that. I watched it a long time ago. Oh. He he looks well. a very different. He's got long salt and pepper gray hair with a nice full beard. So, you know, my kind of guy. And then mm-hmm. these days he sports very close cut, clean shaven. He's on, he's currently on a Star Trek series. He plays Captain Pike. He sports a clean shaven face and a football goalposts on his head. <laughs> um. <laughs> yes. The, all, all, nothing that matters though, of course, because his head, proceeds to be terribly misshapen as he dies in a very sad and anticlimactic way. They could have done him the honor to at least get squished by a statue or something, but... Well, it was creative, wasn't it? Yeah. Was, what mouth? <laughs> it, it made sense. It was a little sense. silly, but I liked it. You know, from a perspective of Black Bolt being one of my favorite characters, to see him reintroduced and like given a second chance from the Inhuman show that went nowhere, only to be killed... You know, five minutes later, it was just so sad. Yeah, though, and this, by the way, this is the scene I was talking about earlier when I said uh, it was thrilling or whatever, like where Wanda is just or Scarlet Witch is taking down these heroes one by one mm-hmm. with basically no effort whatsoever. Yeah, the, I guess the, the only one who gave her effort was uh, Captain Marvel and kind of Professor X. Another one that I thought died a little too easy, but you can't have all of the overpowered heroes be overpowered. Otherwise, overpowering the Scarlet Witch would be pointless. So Right. <laughs> That's what I saw some people talking about afterwards. It was like, it was a, maybe a little bit too easy with how powerful all of those four or five were together. Mm-hmm. Especially when you have Captain Marvel and uh, Professor X together. Right. With like their extra magical abilities. You, they, they set up the Illuminati as having defeated Thanos but we also mm-hmm, right. see that non-Scarlet Witch Wanda almost killed Thanos in her own right. So mm-hmm. perhaps it makes sense that she was able to take them out one by one. True. I thought, I know I know he literally is older, but Patrick Stewart as Professor X seemed a lot older than he did even in Logan, where he's supposed to be playing like the broken, senile version. Part of it's probably... It was all in his face because that's the only thing you can yeah. see. Um, right. His face and his voice. But he probably didn't want to be de-aged or anything like that. And Patrick Stewart's just very old now. Yeah. I don't, again, I don't watch Star Trek, but he's got Picard, which I think is like fairly action heavy. So I don't know what the heck happens on that show. That could be completely wrong, but. I know a lot of people like it, but yeah, it was. I like. I always liked the X Men movies, most of them. So it was cool to see him yet again, even though we thought it was going to be the last time five years ago or whatever. Yeah, 
Um, I'm saving one particular one for the end. Oh, okay, uh, maybe I'll I'll mention one of my favorite scenes. Well, I mean for the end of this list. Oh, okay. Monica Rambo. That's she was on WandaVision and she's Captain Marvel's best friend, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why she became Captain Marvel in that universe, right? Because for a second, like WandaVision is basically out of my brain, even though I really enjoyed it, and. I only saw Captain Marvel once when it came out, so I d- wasn't completely sure who she was for a second, but then I was like, oh, wait, I think I know who that is. Mm-hmm. So it was cool to see her doing her Captain Marvel hero stuff going around, but wish I saw more. Yeah, it was nice. I, nice that they're branching out with characters now that they're kind of able to do that. So who is Captain Carter? Was she Steve Rogers' girlfriend? She's Peggy that, Carter. Yeah, it was. That's who he goes back in time to be with in Endgame. Yeah. Okay. That one was a fairly unexpectedly brutal death. Yeah, that, saw it coming. I think when they when they all like first appear in front of uh, Scarlet, which I leaned over to Lauren, and I was like. They're all going to die. <laughs> really yeah, sad. Right. And I was right. I I knew it. And I was sad. And then when Professor X pulls up and he's like, this has to end. I was like, he's going to die too. Mm-hmm. It's too bad because, like I said, I like him. And yeah. I like those other characters. Except for the one who I haven't gotten to yet. Which is Mr. Fantastic. Uh, John Krasinski is Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic. Here's this. We don't need to spend too much time on this because it's just speculation. But do you think he's going to be Mister Fantastic going forward, or because I've seen theories both ways that it's going to be like they can use multiple actors like they do with Spider Man, or they used Benedict Cumberbatch for different versions of Doctor Strange. So, I mean, he's been that. John Krasinski has been trending on Twitter like since the movie premiered. And I've seen different, like, breaking John Krasinski is cast in the new Fantastic Four. So, I think he's a very marketable figure. And, like, from a money standpoint, it'd be a mistake if Marvel didn't recast him. Especially since all of the fans want him to be Doctor... Not Doctor Strange. uh, Reed Richards. You know, so that's just my two cents. It's like, he's probably going to come back. I think... It would be a mistake, to be honest. <laughs> well, I, on the one hand, he got five minutes of screen time, and they probably didn't give him much besides... How much emotion can you really put into, Wanda, I know how it feels. I have children, too. And then you get turned into spaghetti in the next scene. I mean, if you're an actor, you <laughs> make <laughs> I, it truthful. I suppose. If, if you're a major Hollywood actor, you make it seem truthful. I guess um, I haven't actually seen... I haven't seen John Krasinski act in anything. That's a lie. I've seen him act in that uh, the Tom Clancy TV show that he did for Amazon Prime. And that wasn't any good, was it? I don't remember. I, I feel like if I hated it, I would have known that I hated it. It was probably just okay. I think he has one very specific lane, and that is Jim from The Office. Because <laughs> 13 Hours, the Benghazi movie, works mostly in spite of him he's fine in it 
but like he's nothing special. And I honestly think he's the by far the weakest link acting wise in both Quiet Place movies. Have you seen those? No, I haven't. Yeah, it's it, he's not a good actor in those movies. The and they're even talking about him directing Fantastic Four, which would just also be not good, I think, because I think the direction is pretentious in the Quiet Place movies. Like it's meaningless fancy camera work and uh, those movies (laughs) bug me the first one is fine second one is not good um all i'm all i'm trying to say is that it's a very uninspired choice and his five minutes of screen time show just how boring he is as a as that kind of character isn't doctor or again i was saying doctor strange isn't mr fantastic supposed to be like smart uh, uh that was my one one great like right. he's supposed to be smart uh just like awkward type isn't he not necessarily like a Steve Rogers hero type yeah I guess it it depends on who's the day and you know the weather and who's writing him I've always okay. found but in the movie sense that was kind of my main gripe is that Mordo introduces him as the smartest man alive and then he makes the incredibly dumb choice to have them all face the Scarlet Witch. And that was kind of going through my head as like, the only parallel that I saw was they all take turns telling Stephen Strange how bad Stephen Strange is. Yeah. And Stephen Strange is like, I'm different, you can't make that assumption. So they are the architects of their own demise because they essentially became Stephen Stranges of their universe in the absence of their own Stephen Strange. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I, yeah. I found that parallel a little bit not moving. That's not the word, but like that was Compelling. a theme that struck me. Mm-hmm. But it was just so small, and in five minutes, it's like you could have explored that aspect more. And they also laid some or planted some seeds here and there that like maybe there are other ways to defeat Thanos, like. In Infinity War, Doctor Strange says there's only one way that he saw where Thanos, or they beat Thanos, and there were like a couple lines of dialogue where it implied that there were maybe other ways that they could have beaten him. Yeah, and that's was... an interesting idea. Like, is he? Were there yeah, ways that they could have beaten choice? him where he died? Right. Was he doing that out of a selfish reason? Who knows? <laughs> the whole thematic and emotional crux for dr strange is that he wants to get back with christine and he wants to make everything right or whatever Mm -hmm. but like their relationship was never compelling in the first place let alone memorable like i'll tell you the truth i couldn't remember whether or not they were still together (laughs) at the beginning of this movie because I saw in the trailers that she was wearing a wedding dress i was like oh nice dr strange is getting married and i was like oh wait She's getting married to someone else. So, like, they have such a forgettable relationship, and it hasn't been brought up once in the two Infinity or two Avengers movies or uh, Spider Man. So, it's like, what has Doctor Strange been doing? Has he just been not thinking about her? And now that Thanos is defeated and Spider Man has forgotten, he's back to pining after his ex who's now getting married to someone else? Like, I, what? <laughs> 
I I don't know. I think I saw a headline where Rachel McAdams said she was surprised that they came back to cast her <laughs> in the second movie. It's too bad because I love Rachel McAdams. She's great. She's a great actress, and I love her in a lot of different things. But like, I mean, honestly, she wasn't that. They've wasted her twice now. Right, and I mean, she wasn't even that bad in this movie, but she went from nope. like semi compelling to when Doctor Strange starts dreamwalking or whatever, she turns back into this, don't worry, I'm here for you, instead of Mm -hmm. continuing on her, you know, anti-Darkhold stance, which was a lot more interesting. Right, I'm not saying she was bad, I'm saying exactly what you're saying, is that the writing let her down. She didn't have anything interesting to work with. Um, Because like I said, I always love Rachel McAdams and I was very excited. I'll be honest, that was one of the main reasons I wanted to see the movie. I was like, (laughs) I like Rachel McAdams, so maybe there's going to be something interesting in here, but nope. Also, I've I've thought this, maybe not in the first Doctor Strange movie, but ever since, in every one of his other appearances, I think Benedict Cumberbatch has always just seemed bored and uninterested in playing Doctor Strange. But that's kind of the character of Doctor Strange. Maybe. That's an interesting point. You know, he's in his first movie, he's swiping through surgeries that he doesn't want to do because they're not interesting enough to him. And maybe Benedict Cumberbatch is just good at playing that type of character. You know, I have no no idea what he's like in quote-unquote real life. Well, he the thing with Benedict Cumberbatch is that he still gets like other great roles like he was just nominated for an oscar this past year so it almost seems like he keeps appearing as dr strange to get the marvel money and only cares about acting when he's <laughs> acting and well i uh, mean the stuff he, that interests him you know nobody complains about him right he's, he doesn't do a bad job no it's not bad it just i always just think he seems bored that's all like i in in spider-man it just seemed like i could see his soul leaving his body when he says we have to scooby-doo this shit <laughs> like <laughs> well true i mean if you were any actor and you read those lines unless you're like i don't know nicholas cage or danny trejo you'd be like <laughs> why am i getting paid to say that <laughs> yeah it's just like he he read that he's like that's really what i i'm i'm being a marvel superhero and that's what you want me to say yeah but i think just part of it is that that's kind of like the character of dr strange and it's probably easy to play a character like that and i don't know that's kind of all i have to say yeah well on the other on the other side on the other side of that coin i think elizabeth olsen has continued to be great as Mm -hmm. wanda slash scarlet witch (laughs) even though i was just having this talk with some sif pop friends i don't know if she or anyone making these movies knows what they want wanda's accent to be because (laughs) that's something i've ceased to bother myself with <laughs> this is this is basically just a joke because like like you said i don't really care at this point but in the in age of ultron she has this thick terrible accent right and then in the next few it slowly starts to go away and then, and then in like wandavision it wasn't there but then here in this one it seemed like it was there just in some words here and there and it's just like i don't know what the heck is going on here i feel like there's 10 percent of an argument that she's like Americanizing herself, and then in WandaVision, she's doesn't have the accent because she's reliving the American TV shows that she watched as a child. And now that she's yeah. not like putting herself through that trauma in Doctor Strange 2, then she's she lets it come back out because she 
doesn't need to look American anymore because she's not with the Avengers or anything like that. Uh, that's canon for me going forward. <laughs> like <laughs> I said, I don't. <laughs> there you go. I don't really just care. Part your argument. <laughs> no, I don't really care. It's just yeah. like it, there's no explanation for why it's been so inconsistent. But I don't really care. Um, because because she's so good. Like I said, that scene where she kills the Illuminati, that is the best horror scene out of them all, I think. Well, I would argue that. I think the best horror aspect of the film comes right after where they're running through the underwater oh, yeah. tunnel and she's just like staggering after them. It's totally shot where she looks like a zombie. Mm-hmm. and Got blood running down her face. She's not right. wearing any shoes. And so the lighting is perfect. I think that was the by far the best horror shot of the whole uh, the whole movie. And then, you know, when the door closes, it's like, where is she? Is that going to keep her out? And then she just goes, and appears right in front of them mm-hmm. with that sound effect, of course. Yeah, of course. But for me, that works because you've seen like that she's formidable and that mm-hmm. you want to be scared of her. So that that was um, my favorite like horror aspect of, where I was like, this is totally a compelling horror film right here. Or like at right. least thriller. Yeah, it, it seemed like, uh, I don't know, Scream or Halloween or whatever, where the killer's just taking down one by one and everyone's trying to get away, but they just can't. And yeah, it worked. And she's always been great. Like she played, they, they just put her through freaking everything in these movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, she plays Broken in, in, the, in Age of Ultron. She plays like just under the surface, totally insane in WandaVision. And then here she plays. Unhinged. She's gone insane. Yeah. Except for the the other universe, Wanda, that's trying to that actually lives with it with her kids. I um, feel like there's so much. And she's a good mother. Still, that could be unpacked because we barely even touched uh, Wanda, but we're coming up on an hour of. Uh... Well, what do you? What else do you want to say? I think most of it is a lot of like my favorite stuff about the movie is the horror aspect that involves. Wanda, when you texted me and said that her lesson she learns at the end is totally uninspired, I kind of agreed with you because it was the same thing she learned in WandaVision. Yeah. It just took, you know, a movie's length to give her the same lesson. Do you still think that? Because the way you said that, it seemed like you were about to say, but, but if not. I I think there's probably a subtle difference because in the end of WandaVision, she, it's not clear where she's going to go. And she at least learns that she shouldn't be holding everybody captive to follow her dreams. But something didn't click with her in between the end of WandaVision and the beginning of this movie. And then she totally went unhinged for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I can see is that in WandaVision, it's she needs to accept that vision is dead and that she can't have him. And in this one, she needs to accept that she's never going to have the kids because they're in a different universe. Right. But like, I don't know. It just seems way too similar. And it seems like she should have learned those both at the same time. I mean, for me, it's like if she gained the power of the Scarlet Witch, what was stopping her from just going to that farmhouse, recreating the kids and essentially living a normal life with them and having them never seem not normal when, and nobody else needed to be affected. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's where there's definitely some questionable writing choices, I think, that kind of lead to the events 
of the movie. And I'm almost a fan of how you're just like, okay, America Chavez is part of this movie. We're not going to question that because backstory and exposition would be way too much along with everything else. Like, all right, she's an integral part of the film. Just accept it. Yeah, because the movie opens just like she's there. Yeah. She's just there with Doctor Strange. And it's like, all right, I guess we're with her this whole time. All mm-hmm. right. We're, and then we are. Um, yeah, I never had any problem buying into her. And it gave her enough backstory um, for you to care about her a bit. Yeah, and she was fun. Like, she wants to get back to her parents. All right, I, I get that. Why wouldn't you want your parents? Or she misses her parents because she thinks they're dead. Why wouldn't you want that? Right. It looks like a happy little family. We saw Doctor Strange will return at the end of the film, but not Wanda will return. Oh, I I didn't put that together. So is is she done? Is she not? I feel like it's a waste of a character for them to kill her like that. Well, I did just see... Uh, and this could be wrong because I didn't cite my sources, <laughs> but I did just see on Twitter that she recently signed a seven-year contract with marvel okay so uh maybe she is coming back i don't know that i think the big problem that this movie introduces for me now is now there's the idea of the multiverse that means i am since there's an infinite number of universes there's an infinite possibility for me caring so much less about any of the characters knowing that you can just pop into another universe and pull the same one yeah, I'm glad you said that. Like, why do I care about any of it? Right. Like, oh, Cap died. Let's just go get another one. I'm sure there's one who needs a new universe because there's an infinite amount of universes. <laughs> yeah, the first of the first Avengers movie. Let's save New York. Uh, Age of Ultron. Let's save this random city. Infinity War. All right, let's save the world. But okay. it's now it's like, let's save literally everything in existence. It's like, this is just getting too out of hand. Right, and so at the end of the movie, it's like that lady shows up, Doctor Strange, there's been an incursion and we need your help. Okay, so that's... Yeah, Charlize Theron's in it. I had to look up who she was playing. It's Clea, I guess. I don't... It's She's another person from the Doctor Strange lore. But I thought she was an Eternal. Uh, she looked like an Eternal. I just looked it up. It said she played a character named Clea. Okay. But... So now they're introducing another storyline from the comics where there's a incursion between some alternate dimensions, I'm sure. But it's like, okay, now I don't care anymore. Yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of how I feel. It's a bit too much. And that's kind of why like I'm looking forward to Guardians of the Galaxy three because it doesn't really seem like it's doing multiverse or even the new Thor doesn't seem like it's doing multiverse. And those ones have been fairly standalone, and th- that's what I'm always interested in when it comes to these MCU movies, when they're as standalone as possible. Mm-hmm. So, uh, especially the Guardians movies. Like, the first two Guardians movies are like, they name drop things like Thanos or Infinity Stones, but it's fairly... It's not on a random head in space. Yeah. So that's why I love those the most. Um... Yeah, I don't know how much else there is to say. Do you have anything else? Oh, there, there's one. Um, there's a fight at the end when Doctor Strange is fighting a different version of Doctor Strange, I think. I don't even remember who the fight is with. Maybe it's with Wanda. 
but they use, they're f- throwing musical notes at each other. <laughs> See, I, I had I, no idea what that was. That I know it looked a little weird, but I actually kind of liked that from just like I just didn't get it. I was like, "What?" Well, so that to me is like that's what magic is is saying, "Oh, I can create these weapons out of something that's, you know, intangible and theoretical." And suddenly you're fighting with music notes. Like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. But they're on an alternate reality that suffered an incursion that's slowly being sucked into some random void. And it's like, okay, they're fighting with piano notes. <laughs> that's cool. Okay, I'll, I'll take it. You know, it's like kind of what you say where you're happy as long as a movie follows the rules it sets for itself. And that's kind of how mm-hmm. I looked at it. It's like Doctor Strange turns Thanos's beam of energy into butterflies so he can turn sheets of music into weapons same thing fair enough i guess my imagination had only gone as far as like green lantern's ring mm-hmm. or something like that where it's like dr strange's magic can make a explosions spinning, and... yeah a spinning rotary blade to cut a bus in half but yeah but yeah i was just like not expecting fighting with music notes and like it was cool. It was creative. It was just that's what I enjoyed uh, was the was the creative aspect. I don't think you get to see that a lot in the Marvel movies. It's like somebody obviously took some time to sit and think. Like, you know, it would be cool if he hits a piano and suddenly they're fighting with the piano notes, mm-hmm. and everybody is like, you know what? That's kind of a good idea. It's like, yeah, uh, I did like when they were flying through the different universes. Yeah, like, you have, you have to have a scene one like universe. that. <laughs> Yeah, there were cartoons in another one, I think. Yeah, there, there was a cartoon one. Yeah, there's a lot of fun little things in there. Yeah, my last my last note is that it drives me insane that Wong survived that fall with no damage except being knocked out for a bit. Yeah, like I was like, it's the same thing as Chewie in Star Wars Nine, where it's like. All right, you went there. Now I'm taking your stakes a little bit seriously. Wong is dead. I like him, but that's how it works. Wanda's serious. There are two it's points like, in the movie too where you nope. thought that Wong was dead, right? Because when she fights him in the inner sanctum of their city, Wong lands hmm. on his neck on a little step. It's like, oh shoot, is Wong's neck broken now? Is he dead? But no, he's just chained up because the movie wouldn't be able to move forward without him. It's like, of course, then, the Darkhold was copied from walls on a mountain. Because why wouldn't it be? It's <laughs> like, it's only halfway into the movie and you had somebody stab it and kill it. Like a Horcrux. Yeah. It's like, okay, you defeated her. That's way too simple. Ugh, now the movie has to continue somehow. It, that, that, that's the kind of stuff that frustrates me. But, well, I can I can get behind, like, the it's written on the walls, go get it. It's like... That's kind of just the yada yada thing, whatever. I don't care. Right. This is all magic anyway. It's just but like, fake stakes. Yeah, it's the fake stakes that really bugs me. Is that he fell off a cliff and he basically pulled a Gandalf or he just disappeared. And I guess Gandalf came <laughs> back. So who am I to be a hypocrite, I guess? It's like the, um, the impossible burger of Marvel movies. Fake stakes. <laughs> <laughs> And with that, (laughs) (laughs) I think that will be it for our conversation (laughs) on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness talking about fake steaks, the impossible burger.
You officially broke my brain. Oh my gosh. Um, it was fine. The movie was fun. You can't look too much into it. Otherwise it becomes a little less fun. Yeah. It's just that every once in a while, these Marvel movies show you that they, you can look a little bit deeper and then, but the majority of the time is, it's an impossible burger of the Marvel universe. Yeah. Fake stakes. So I guess any, any last thoughts, any final small ideas or big ones doesn't matter. Is Doctor Strange evil now? He's got a third eye that doesn't seem to matter because the Dark World doesn't exist on any plane in the universe. I don't know. <laughs> me neither. That's no my idea. Final thought. <laughs> That's why I'm saying, like, it's not to me. Like, one thing I don't pay attention enough to uh, speculate, and two, like, I don't know enough about Marvel lore. Like, I know you didn't see Eternals, but, like, at the end, there's something that pops up and an item that is found. And I'm like, I guess that's something. And then that's about it. Right. I'm just like, I'll find out what that is eventually. In, in three years. when Yeah, in Eternal 2.9. When I'm 30 and this stuff is beginning to mean nothing to me. Oh, well, already means nothing to me, but I still go for some reason. I don't know why. So I guess it means... A little bit to me, but it means, not as much as it used to. It means podcast views to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know why I chose to go see this one. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I was surprised when you texted me and asked me if I had seen it. Yeah, I would think I was just expecting more. Because it's Multiverse of Madness, but it wasn't very mad. It was like a very contained multiverse. Right. And again, I appreciated that for the movie. I was just... I just thought it was going to be bigger. Yeah, one too many other 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 Doctor Stranges probably would have gotten a little out of hand. Yeah, yeah, the zombie Doctor Strange was pretty fun. Yeah, the moment he was like, "Okay, I'm going to dreamwalk." Like, yeah, he's inhabiting the dead body of himself, isn't he? And he goes, "Who said it has to be alive?" It's like, "Somebody give me my money." I I won the the guessing game. Yeah, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness landed on at fifteen. Out of 27 for my Marvel rankings, if anyone cares. And that doesn't include the shows. With all that being said, there's our thoughts on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Tune in next time. Actually, towards the end of May, I'm going to be doing another podcast. Uh, That one's going to be a lot of fun. More details on that to follow. You and I are going to do an Obi-Wan Kenobi show review whenever that finishes. Mm -hmm. And uh, probably... Thor, Love and Thunder also, because that one I'm definitely interested in, just for Taika and Taika alone. So with with all that being said, thanks for coming on. I'll talk to you again on this podcast. It's always fun to have you on here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I always have a blast. Glad to hear it. So that thanks to Luke for the artwork. Thanks to Laura for the music. And thanks to you for listening. We will see you next time.